episode of the Southside Trap podcast. Podcast helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. I'm here to recap a loss. The Chicago Red Stars lost to the Washington Spirit on Sunday during their Pride game. And there's a lot of things, I think, to unpack in this game. Uh, sometimes when you lose, it's fun to talk about those things. And I couldn't do it alone. No one can ever do anything alone. So I'm here today with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. Scam Originator. How are you doing today, Claire? I'm all right. It's Memorial Day. Uh, I just rearranged, well, my roommate and, and just rearranged all the furniture in my living room, and we're really enjoying the new vibe. It's raining outside. Just real proper Monday hours. For real. For those of you who don't go here, uh, Memorial Day rain is a staple for Chicago mm-hmm. Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I don't understand people who have Memorial Day plans because... Uh, Doesn't make no sense? Uh-uh. I'm always like, oh, you made plans to be outside? Be outside? Right. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's like clockwork, guys. It always happens. Um, but shout out to everybody who's, who's celebrating. Hopefully you're safe and indoors. Because along with some of this rain, we're hearing like some tornado warnings. I had I had heard some very distant sirens, and I immediately wanted to make sure my last, but potential last, <laughs> was going to be about the Chicago Red Stars. Yeah, we uh, over here we got the big like our phones all went off for the flash flood warnings. Yeah, so uh, we promised that if like something happens in the middle of this podcast, we're gonna actually keep this part of it, <laughs> so that you can all hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let, let's get into this game. The Chicago Red Stars were blessed and did not have crappy weather. Uh, on their match day. They had it on Sunday, uh, which was yesterday for us. Very nice day. Uh, very good, nice turnout. Uh, fans showing up for, for Pride Night. And Chicago Red Stars were going to have their first real, you know, quote-unquote test, you know, as far as, like, their their depth roster, right? Because so many of these superstars are gone for the World Cup. World Cup is happening, guys. It's it's here. It's, it's going to go down in about a week or so. So Red Stars and Washington Spirit, Kind of rolled out these lineups to go ahead and kick things off for the Red Stars. It was Emily Boyd in net, Aaron Wright, Sarah Gordon, Katie Nodden, and Casey Short running out the back line. Yeah, Nikki Stanton, Brooke Elby, Michelle Vasconcelos, uh, Vanessa DiBernardo, Yuki Nagasato, and Katie Johnson all getting the start for the starting 11 for Chicago Red Stars. And I'm sure one of the things that probably popped out the most for everybody was sort of seeing Brooke Elby slot into the midfield there in this 4-4-3, which we were a little curious about how the team was going to roll things out in light of missing all of their uh, sort of superstars and then having somebody like Danny Colabrico who was listed as questionable. What were your some uh, first impressions, Claire, of this lineup? Yeah, so the... Well, a couple of things. One being that... You know, obviously Chicago's lineup card is in a list, so it's really hard to tell what formation you're going to see when you see something like that, Um, which it ultimately turned out when they all lined up on the field to be that same 4-3-3 that we've seen for the last two, three weeks, Um, but with Brooke Elby just like-for-like slotting in for Danny Colaprico, um, which was a surprise... Well, well, we saw her, we saw, I mean, obviously Brooke Elby's been all over the place as a sub, but even in preseason, she started one of their preseason games in the midfield. Um, This is a look that I think Chicago has had in the back of their minds for some time with her being one of their primary depth players once you get past maybe Nikki Stanton. Um, But also famously, as we recall from preseason, the midfield didn't look all that great. So 
I think um, what we found out later was that Danny Kulaprico was a game day decision. They thought they were going to have her. They thought they might have her. When it was clear that it made more sense for her to rest, um, they decided not to change the formation. Uh, you know, everyone now can decide whether or not that was the right thing to do. I believe a lot in this 4-3-3, and I think if they stick with it, once they get everybody back, they're going to be an incredibly good soccer team. Uh, but there were some definite growing pains. Um, yeah, going into uh, Sunday. Yeah, no, for sure, I would agree. I think, um, shout out to to the president, right, for stepping yeah, in. Exactly. For, for stepping in and doing her duty there. For uh... You know what I don't understand, though? This is This is just popped into my head. Obviously, as it played out, Aaron Wright really wanted to get up the field the whole game. Why not just put yeah. her in midfield? Put LB on the left. Things. We like to think about these things after mm-hmm. a while. Yep. We like to think about these things after a while. <laughs> you know, why don't we just get crazy? Uh-huh. Why don't we just, just mix it up? That would have been fun. Honestly, the outside backs both, I think, were getting up pretty. But yeah, yeah true. Sort of with like three shot attempts. Right, yeah. She was <laughs> definitely trying to help the offense out. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I, I think – Look, like looking at that lineup, right? But like before kickoff, you're still looking at it and you're like, yeah, this is a totally capable team right here. Like oh, this is a sure. team. Yes. Their first six weeks have put together some really good performances, and we're excited to sort of see what this team looked like without these, you know, not even just calling them superstars, but really these leaders on this team. Right. Uh, your Julie Ertz's and your Sam Kerr's just sort of bring. Uh, just a, a different type of fierceness uh, to the team and on the pitch when these games are going. And like much of the coaching staff and even the the players themselves have said, you know, the type of vocal leadership that they bring both on and off the pitch is uh, incredible. So to sort of have to navigate these next few weeks without that, it's going to be really interesting to see how this team does moving forward. And I think in this first test, this first match, so to speak, we sort of saw – I don't want to say a lack of that, but it definitely looked disjointed at times. Like who was going to just take this game by just like the rain, like the reins and just like grab it by the scruff of the neck and just go. Right. And I don't know if we ever really saw that in this match. I think just to sort of start breaking things down within the first 10 minutes of this match, uh, you had Di Bernardo, who I think pretty much showed the hell up, right? For the most part. She was great. The first, yeah. first half of that match was all, all captain, captain v right so you had vanessa di bernardo you know right away come and try to get a a shot or two off here and then the red stars ended up conceding a corner which looking back in the highlight i don't know if that was maybe the smartest move but it happened and all of a sudden there was this set piece that took place and over the last six weeks we haven't seen the best set piece defending from the Chicago Red Stars, and it looked like in prior matches they were sort of getting away with it, and then here came week seven, and I think this particular goal ended up changing the momentum in this entire match, to be quite honest. It ended up being an old goal that was credited to Yuki Nagasago, just this ball that was sent in, and a lot of chaos happened, and this ball just ended up bobbling into the back of the net. Yeah, I mean the spirit definitely seemed to thrive on on chaos on their on their corner kicks, and that was their fourth goal off of corners so far this year, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah, up to that point, you know, there was 
a sh- uh, one of Di Bernardo's shots that was cleared off the line by Paige Nielsen. Um, I think if that shot goes in, you're looking at a very different ball game. I'm not sure. The other thing, too, and actually this is something that I think Rory Dames has also said, not only has the set-piece defending um, been poor from Chicago, but they're giving up more of them than they need to. Um, maybe it's like an either-or. We saw from Sarah Gordon a lot in this match that she did a really good job of turning as opposed to kicking the ball out. Um Katie Naughton had a little bit more trouble with that. She, um, just in this game, you know, she was just knocking some stuff out that I'm not sure the situation required that sort of, you know, central um, defending. And when you're weak on set pieces, you might want to prioritize not giving those up. Yeah, no, I, I would agree, especially against, you know, it seemed like you said, the spirit coming in, getting goals off of set, off of set pieces, you know. Um, putting together these performances that I think are catching people by surprise a little bit. Um, but I think you're starting to get into that part of the season where you shouldn't be looking at teams as they're going to be an easy match versus a difficult match. I mean, everyone's got players that are going to be missing on each side of this pitch. And um, yeah, having that own goal was just very, you know, despite the not great set to piece, uh, set piece defending that we're saying we're not really seeing, it's still kind of, a little bit uncharacteristic, I think, for the Chicago Red Stars to concede an own goal. You know what I mean? And then sort of seeing them come out of that quick goal and then still look a little bit disjointed, but then immediately trying to get back some of that momentum because you just started seeing the Red Stars uh, try to put together these consecutive opportunities on, you know, shots, you know, whether it was uh, Katie Johnson, Vanessa DiBernardo, Yugi Nagasato was trying to help create some some offense uh Casey Short like I mentioned was you know trying to get some magic going and get another goal you know under her belt this season and it looked like to close out that first half that the Red Stars probably just needed to get into halftime and readjust right come back out and make this a game and I think somewhere in the back of everyone's mind you're kind of waiting for that well I think Right. I think what I saw, I think probably the best span of play from Chicago came actually after they conceded um, in the whole game. Um, there's a couple of things about the first half that I think are interesting. One is um, <clears throat> the duels one percentage for Chicago versus Washington. Um, Chicago got clobbered on duels. Uh, in the first half, they did a lot better in the second half, but I don't think, I think that was by design. I think Washington came in with a press that Chicago wasn't equipped for. Um, I also think that Chicago's passing accuracy was pretty poor, not necessarily forced. I think that might've just been them not playing super well. Katie Johnson had a miss in the 18th, 19th minute of this game where Di Bernardo played her in with a beautiful pass and she just kind of shanks it. It's, you know, wrong angle. She maybe doesn't take enough touches. Um, and after that, Johnson, you could kind of see from her body language that she was starting a little doubt maybe crept in. Getting a little frustrated. Getting a little frustrated. And that was why I think we were all thinking, okay, get into the half, regroup, and then, you know, come out stronger in the second. Um, Yeah, absolutely. That was what they struggled to do. And we'll talk about that when we talk about the second half. Yeah, no, I I think that... Man, I think that somebody like a player like Vanessa Di Bernardo, right, who has the ability to score goals, 
right? But might not, who maybe is or is not the number one target that you're thinking of in the back of your mind to find, to score those goals. Right. And she's trying to find other people. She's trying to find other people, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, I think she had a couple shots here that, you know, it's just unfortunate. That just is kind of weird when you're looking back at some of these highlights and you're like, wow, like, I guess just wasn't their day. It just wasn't their day. Also, we're finding the back of the net. Also, Aubrey Bledsoe is a great goalkeeper. You're going to have to shoot really well to get stuff past her. Absolutely. I don't know if people out there don't know that or not, but right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, really, really good goalkeeper uh-huh. in, in Audrey Bledsoe. But yeah, again, if you, if you haven't, just go look at those highlights and uh, some some of these opportunities that had happened in the first half that just didn't end up in the in the back of the net. Just really, just sort of felt like mm, man, it's hard. It was kind of hard to tell going in the half if it was just like this combination of not them not being able to execute their game plan uh, effectively versus a little bit being a little bit snake bit in front of goal for, for that first half, you know? So I think getting into the second half, I'm, and we'll get more into this with, with post game stuff uh, with Rory, with Rory Dames who talked about, you know, challenging the team to, to make some adjustments. And he was very fair and said, I don't think that they, they, they rose up to, to those adjustments. Cause getting into this, this second half, you had Washington spirit just sort of, come back out of their halftime just sort of also rejuvenated they were like hey like we got the lead it was on an own goal but we need to try and really push this game you know into our own you know pocket and I think you started seeing some stuff from Jordan DiBiase Ashley Hatch was still trying to make an effort to be this you know this offensive presence for them even though she had pretty much been nailed to the pitch by Sarah Gordon. Right. Uh, you know, and Casey Short at times. So, you know, Ashley Hatch was making her switches every once in a while. And I would notice, you know, between Gordon and Short, just she wasn't able to be, able, you know, get sort of the looks that she was, you know, looking for there. But coming out of, out of the half, I would have almost expected the team that we have seen this last six weeks to come out and recognize those adjustments that need to be made and then just sort of go after it. And we still didn't see that. Right. No, I'm trying to see here leading up to my bad. I'm trying to see here leading up to you after, after let's see, DiBiase hatched twice. You had Katie Johnson with another attempt on target. And then you had D Bernardo again. This was like in the 55th, 56th minute. Yeah. Basically, all I would say to that is um, it seemed to me that even after conceding in the eight in the ninth all the way to halftime, Washington wasn't doing much in the run of play. And and at, at halftime, it, it felt like you can I, I'm hesitant to say that they were unfortunate to concede because it was due to their own poor set piece defending. But Washington didn't look that dangerous to score from the run of play. And so in that scenario, yeah, you have to kind of think that if you have one team that is at least mostly handling the other or even mutually handling each other, these both these two teams, that Chicago has as much of an opportunity to reset and build off of that. But instead, in the second half, they started to get more and more stretched at the back as they were kind of searching for answers. And yeah. that led to Washington's second goal. Yeah, I think within those first 10 to 15 minutes of the first half, like it sort of <laughs> sort of telling you what you're going to be seeing. And we didn't see a whole lot from the Chicago Red Stars. And I think the coaching staff also recognized that as well. 
uh, probably into the first half. They had their subs warming up already well into the first half. You had yeah. players doing their warm-ups already. Um, coming back out into the second half, went right back into doing their warm-ups. Red Stars made their first substitution right at that 55th minute, you know, uh, for Maria Sanchez, who came out for Brooke Elby, uh, maybe to try and provide some sort of different offensive looks uh, for the Red Stars. Um, you know, in turn, the Spirit went ahead and made a few subs of their own, you know, but this goal ended up happening for the Red Stars. Uh, it was, or excuse me, for the Spirit. It ended up being by Ashley Hatch, of, of all people. And it had the, the sequence in which it happened was just like this one minute sequence and so much stuff happened. You had this like attempt on target by the spirit and Bailey, you know, block shot, <laughs> ship, and then a, an eventual conceding of a goal to actually hatch. And there was this weird combination of like a stop from Emily Boyd, you know, a great recovery from Sarah Gordon to right. sort of help, help shut that down. And then once the switch happened, you just, and uh, Ashley hatch just was, left in, in the box, not left, but, you know, I think it was Katie Nodden who was just sort of trying to mark her there, but ended up right. just able to beat yeah. the back line, but boy, then Nodden and, and get a foot on this ball. It is interesting. Yeah, it is interesting to me. And I think Katie Naughton is a great defender, um, but this comes down to maybe the leadership aspect and her maybe feeling like she needs to be taking on a different role right now. Sarah Gordon looked calm in the box. Katie Naughton didn't always which is not probably what you look at those names not the dynamic you'd expect um i think katie naughton could make some smarter decisions right now uh and or at least in this game and they were all getting frustrated in this game but that it it got to this point where it, it was like chicago was digging so deep to look for answers when really all they had to do was just like play the game that they know how to play. Like they really just thought they had to do so much more than they actually did to succeed and therefore really struggled. Absolutely. I think, I think especially after that second goal happened, it, it, you could just see sort of in the body language that at this point it started to look much more mental. Yeah. Right. Versus their action, their actual natural ability to do things. Um, you know, and I think, it was really, I think it was really telling, uh, you know, just probably within what last 15 minutes of that match, just sort of, it was almost like they maybe woke up a little bit. Right. And they started like, whipping them it in. It was like, it was like, Hey guys, it's, it's the 75th minute, right. you know, it was just one of those things. Um, you know, and you just started to see a little bit more, you know, offensive presses here from, from the red stars. Um, trying to like serve these balls in, uh, there was a really late attempt, uh, you know, from, from I think, Katie Johnson, was it? Or no, no, no. It was actually Nikki Stanton, I think, when it was like all this stuff was going on. In right. The when Bledsoe like, had that, Bledsoe had that yes. gray low, low save. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That, that tells you, like, I think maybe almost everything. It's like if Nikki Stanton and Aaron Gilliland are the ones who are <laughs> getting yeah. on the end of these balls yeah. to try to be the goal scorers. Right. What's going on they've here? Been, they've been watching their front line all game and they're just like, God damn it, guys, I'll do it. You know what? <laughs> Give me in there, guys. Just put me in, coach. Just serve me this ball. Let me get my toe on it. It's going to go right in there. Um, yeah, and, and I do want to say credit to the spirit for a couple of things. Um, obviously, they did a better job of executing their game plan than Chicago did. Um, but the players I do want to shout out, I think Paige Nielsen had a good game. I think Sam Staub had an incredibly important save, just a block 
on, I forget who it was that she blocked. It might've been Yuki. Um, looked like a clear goal. Staub threw her body in there and blocked it. Um, and then also um, Andy Sullivan. And she, it, I learned a lot, I felt, watching her play live. Um, and Andy Sullivan um, wow. is a very good soccer she player. She is. And-, and I think after hearing so much, like going into these whole World Cup roster type of narratives, right? what was going to come out of these things. And I think we're starting to see these very special performances out of players like Casey Shore and out of players like uh, Andy Sullivan. And I think it showed showed up huge. Sullivan was basically tasked with shutting Vasconcelos down. And she did. Vasconcelos didn't actually have a bad game relative to her teammates. She was, you know, pretty much executing at the same level as everybody else. But um that was because of the work that Andy Sullivan did. And actually, there's one moment that I just want to put... I just There was a really nice moment in the first half where Vasconcelos got whacked with the ball, just hit her real hard. Ball goes out of bounds. It's a Washington throw. Vasconcelos puts her hands on her knees. She's a little bit winded. Sullivan, like, walks past her and without not even calling attention to it, just, like, very kind of softly, like, put her hand on Vasconcelos' shoulder just as, like, a, like just making sure you're okay... You know, it, it, it wasn't, it was so small what she did and so kind of like, she wasn't even thinking about it. It was just instinctual that I was like, man, that is a special soccer player and she's still yeah. so young. Yeah. She's got a, her soccer IQ, I think is really off the charts. Really you high. It. Yeah. You could see it in, in her gameplay. And I think it, this was one of those games where it stood out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, no, I, I, I feel like you and I both admittedly coming into this match, felt like uh when it came to the spirit we weren't too sure how to pin them or who they were sure you know what I mean? but i think after this game um being able to see them live you know kind of came away with a little bit of better answer they have a, a really special young core there and um they do and and them ha- oh go ahead no i'm just saying it's good stuff yeah and and also just you see the difference in how you see how important it is that they have sullivan because for Chicago, and I, I asked Vanessa DiBernardo about this a little bit, and she, you know, she responded kind of just talking about everyone, you know, stepping up. And I think Chicago has, uh, they've repeated this mantra that if everyone just gives 10% more, they can make up what they're losing, um, which is a great mindset. Not sure if it's totally true, but I love that that's where they're thinking. Um, but DiBernardo, as captain, she's an incredible soccer player, and she's so smart. And she can unlock things, but she's not vocal. She doesn't direct traffic. And actually, that's a strength because she does things that surprises you and therefore also surprises the other team. But um, they don't have anyone right now just to tell each other what's going on and what to do. There was a moment where Yuki got dispossessed just because no one told her that she had a player running at her back. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's just like, you guys got to talk to each other. Yeah. And that's something they're going to have to figure out. I think we were in the press box and I was like, did somebody say something? Yeah, I don't think they did. Yeah, you know, I mean, you always want to be looking at the players who are looking everywhere every right. five seconds, right? Versus the ones who maybe aren't, you know? Which also, but actually, I- one final thing about that. Um, Katie Johnson. She, do you remember, you know, with, with even Kerr last year, it took her some adjusting to getting used to playing for a better team. I think 
for Johnson, we have a similar situation to that, but also playing for a better team, playing for a higher profile team, being that team striker, um, working in the center as opposed to off to the side where she'd been for the last, you know, six weeks. Um, I want to, I, we're, they need more from her. I think a one game learning curve is acceptable. No, I would agree. I think that I think it was a, if you're going to have this type of law, if you want to have like a learning page, like a page in your book to learn from, this is a good page to learn from. Yes. Right. Uh, I think that this next stretch of games that are going to happen for the red stars are, they're going to have this particular group. It's going to have to be incredibly uh, self-reliant both on each other, but you know, I also have that belief within themselves. Um, I think Rory Dames um, is a good enough coach to have recognized that in, a, in his player like Katie Johnson. And he spoke about that post game. We are going to, you know, have some uh, audio for you guys. You can hear some of that, but sounds like he recognized that right away and tried to have that conversation right away with his striker. Uh, you know, this, during this game, there were moments, and I think you and I both agreed on this, that they were like, I made reference to it a little bit earlier when I was like, you know, who was it going to be that grabbed this game by the scruff of the neck? Right. You always had that. I think the Red Stars have sort of always had that person to go to. Um, and it almost kind of looked like throughout moments of this game, they were still like looking for Sam Kerr right. and she wasn't there. Like Sam Kerr left. Right. <laughs> like, <in> the World <laughs> yeah, Cup, right. The World Cup guys. They're like, whoops. Like, Thought I saw her. Mirage. I saw Sam Kerr, my bad. Yeah. You know, so there's all the, this, all this, um, I think it was really important to, to sort of hear post game that Dames sort of recognized that and had that conversation with uh, Katie Johnson about that, you know, because this team, they made a trade for, for Katie Johnson to come to the Red Stars and be Katie Johnson. They didn't make a trade for Katie Johnson to come to this team and be Sam Kerr 2.0. You know, so I think some of the things that we've been seeing out of her the first uh, six weeks, we've been really high on. And now she's going to be in a little bit of a different role. She also spoke a little bit about that because this was our first time seeing her in the nine versus how she was playing before for this team. So I think um, these are the type of losses that sort of motivate a team. I'm not saying they're going to be having like this huge chip on their shoulder, but I definitely feel like sort of the morale you know, heading off of the pitch, heading into the locker room was not one that was distraught by any means. No. It was very much just like a, yeah, we're ready to like show that this is not who we are. Right. Kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, there were some, some laughs and some um, stuff that they knew that they had to work on. So I would say that the vibe around this team is still incredibly upbeat and probably eager to get that next game under their belt before they really do. Um, dip out for a break. I, something I do want to uh, make comment on uh, before we sort of dip into uh, previewing that next game coming up against Portland Thorns is prior to this match uh, that took place, the Chicago Red Stars hosted a females coaching uh, event uh, during the well, just before kickoff. Uh, it was sort of put together this collaboration and this effort, this collective effort between uh, first assistant coaches and Craig Harrington and Gary Kearney. And this is just speaking with them. They, it's just something that they want to keep going um, and have more events throughout the season, um, doing these like special sort of uh, female coaches only type events. And I thought it was really, really cool. They, uh, 
went through some footage, talked about like some things that they worked on during the week, how they were prepping the Red Stars, and then also had some guest coaches of their own um, in Eileen Gleason uh, from Ireland and Molly Gisham, who was a former uh, college coach. And they had some really, really great stuff to say, and it was incredibly, incredibly motivating. Um, and I, you know, wish them the best and hopefully they can actually come back and, and do more of these. Uh, I thought they, they had some really good presentations and it's kind of crazy. Cause I think like a lot of the stuff that in particular, uh, Molly Grisham was talking about, she talked a lot about leadership and it was so weird at, for me as someone who was there sort of covering it and listening to this event and then watching this game, I was like, yo, who's the leader? It's important <laughs> it's leadership. <laughs> it's so crazy. She and then you have to, and you have to say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. Like she had this sort of uh, like becoming a leader, like worksheet. And she had these steps of like, you know, saying that, you know, leaders lead themselves first, but then you have to have, you know, the, the leaders who are the first followers. And it's like how that connection is very, very important. Like, yeah, there's like, a leader, but who's going to be that first follower, which is like, who is the person that takes a look at the leader, evaluates everything and tries to help contribute to that stuff. Like once you get that first follower, you get everybody else who's just like follow and follow and follow. So I was just kind of like, it was really cool to sort of have like, listen to that and then watch this game. And it was a really cool event. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, more uh, female coaches out there take the opportunity to sign up for it. Uh, Cause again, I I think they're going to be doing, um, some more cool stuff. And I, I think it's really cool that the, that the Red Stars and, and Craig and Gary are trying to start that. Cause I think those type of things and those programs and those initiatives are really, really important. Cause we talk a lot about sort of, um, the limitations that are maybe out there for female coaches. And it was just cool to see that, that, that kind of stuff, uh, was happening. So, so kudos to them. And, uh, yeah, Red Stars, I think just, you know, game that they're going to have to work on. And I'm sure they're already making plans to take a look at the tape and, and see what was going on. No. Good things, good things oh. in this match. I want to end on good things. Yeah, in yeah, this yeah. Match. Go for it. Uh, Sarah Gordon is the fucking truth. Yeah, for real, man. Quote me on that shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, Casey Shore is still the best goddamn defender in this league. Mm-hmm. On that shit. Uh, Vanessa DiBernardo wears the armband. She might not be vocal, but she runs that shit as well. Yes, she does. So that was really, really good stuff to see. And uh, I still 100% absolutely believe in Katie Johnson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Back down the name. Yes. Aileen Alicia Johnson Correon. Uh-huh. Get your gold. Don't even worry about that. Yeah, right. She just got to get one. It would be better. You know what? I thought about this. If only she could have just gotten one before Sam left. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But can't worry about that, right? Nope. Yep. Got to go on to the next. Um, Portland Thorns, man. Yeah, big so game. You guys, you guys, if you don't know, Chicago Red Stars next week. Uh-huh. The game that they're going to have before they go on their own World Cup break. The entire league is going on a World Cup break for about two weeks. And the match for the Chicago Red Stars before they go on their break is going to be against Portland Thorns in Providence Park. It is going to be the Portland Thorns home opener because Providence Park has been going under renovations and constructions to add even more seats to their facilities Mm -hmm. so even more people and more fans can be in that stadium and the Chicago Red Stars get to play that first home opener game. How do we feel about this, Claire? Oh, boy. Um, Okay. Here's what I think. And I I thought this before 
they before the Washington Spirit game, and I think it now, despite the Washington Spirit game. <laughs> and I will own this no matter what happens next week. Chicago is better than Portland right now. They are. They are a better soccer team. That does not mean that it's going to be easy to go to Providence Park, where they historically have not done well, and play against Portland for the home opener of a refurbished stadium. (laughs) There's a lot of reasons why the Thorns might get a result. Um, Not sure it's going to be on the pitch. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Might, Might be in the stands. Yep. Might be in the stands. It might even be in Chicago's heads, you know? Like, that's why this is part of this whole conversation about the psychology of it because, you know, there are two ways this can go. Chicago can stay rattled or they can figure it out. Um, and I would say right now, I don't know which way it's going to go. Um, and it's a sh- it'll, it would be a shame if they ended, if they went into the World Cup break on a two-game losing streak. But that's up to them. They have to believe that they can win, which is why I'm saying that they're better than Portland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's an unfair statement. Yeah, I know that the I know that the Portland Thorns are coming off of a win of their own. They are, but they've got a pretty uh, depleted roster themselves. Yes, just like a lot of others do in this league. And you know, they got a they got a result against uh, another not so great team at the moment in Sky Blue FC, and I don't think. That's an unfair statement to make. They also lost 3-1 to the Washington Spirit. So it's, you know, if you're looking at like for like, yeah, pretty similar. There you go. Yeah, pretty similar scenario. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think it's going to be a good match. I think um, this will be just a different kind of uh, test for this, you know, Red Stars depth squad. And I think there's <laughs> enough people, I think there's enough players on that roster, yeah. right? who have had enough experiences right. playing against the Thorns and playing against them in Providence Park do to you, do know you, what to expect. Do you think maybe Nikki Stanton could, like, spend this week, like, walking through the locker room and being like, I like playing in Portland. Nikki Stanton? Just, like, her, channeling, <laughs> channeling her. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like playing the Thorns. So, yeah, no kidding. I mean... I'm rattled because you asked me a question and I'm usually I'm the one. That I know I did. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Um. Yeah, no, I guess I guess we could just sort of segue into like our players that we want to have like impact. So I think Nikki Stanton has been. I'm glad you brought her up because I think she's been uh, also holding things down. Um, wanting to talk about players who had a good, you know, game out of a she's loss. She's been I amazing. Think. Yeah, she's been Nikki wonderful. Stanton has been yeah. doing yeah. her job. You yes, want to talk yes. about people who just show up, punch that clock, and do their motherfucking job. Nikki Stanton, mm-hmm. all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nikki Stanton, I think, has uh, had some pretty good performances for the Red Stars uh, against the Thorns, uh, specifically uh, the early, one of the earlier games in 2018 when she was tasked with uh, the second game, the one-one uh, draw. Yeah, with tasked with uh, you know Christine Sinclair, mm-hmm. and um, I think she doesn't have to worry about her <laughs> in this match. So we'll see. What happens there? So I think she is going to be a player uh, to watch uh, for this week who's probably going to have an impact. I think if Danny Colaprico uh, is in that match, I think it's going to be a different type of vibe. But I don't I don't know. I think it's one of those things, again, Rory mentioning uh, that it's just something that they're just evaluating and keeping an eye on um, and that 
he very specific. I think he very specifically said that they're not worried about a week seven, ver a week eight versus you know the later weeks in the season. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that the Red Stars are gonna go into this match, you know, with their game plan and hopefully they can execute it well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure some of them are ready to maybe have their break. You know, the Red Stars. I think it's important to note that even though the the league is going to shut down for two weeks. The Red Sox are going to have this game on June 2nd, and they do not have another game until June 23rd. Right. They're going they're, into their bye. They're going into their bye week on top of right. having the World Cup break. So enjoy, right? Yeah, for uh, real. But I think whether or not Danny Colaprico is one of those players who's going to be available for Portland um, will matter. Right. Just like, probably, like, just like it ended up mattering in this match against Washington Spirit. But, right, uh, and, and Rory Dame said that she probably will be. I think he said that um, it was more precautionary than anything. You and I have spoken about this on and off record. She's had a very heavy workload in the last 12 months. Danny Colaprico um, is a soccer player. Yep. And has played a lot of soccer games. Mm -hmm. um, that's what happens when your team wins the final of the other league that you play in. Um, <laughs> uh, my players for this game are, I've got two. Katie Johnson, that's the obvious one. I want her to score. I want her yeah. to feel good. I want her to be feeling herself. I think um, she's been kind of up and down. You know, Utah obviously was weird and not good. Um, Washington was a little bit touch and go. She wasn't bad. She just it just wasn't quite clicking. Um, I want her to have a performance that she can be really proud of. My wild card, here's one. I think... So I think probably Dames is going to put Casey Short on Megan Klingenberg in this match um, because she's their most experienced and aggressive wide player. I want Aaron Wright to have a really good game against the Portland Thorns. Whether that means that she's like gunning and gets some kind of crazy goal or she has some good one-on-one -on -one play, um, she... She is exactly who she is. She's neither better nor worse. I would love for her to just have a game. You want there to be you want there to be an Aaron Wright game and you want this to be it? Yes. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think that's smart and I think that's a good idea. I mean, uh, having short on Kling. I mean, Klingenberg was responsible for a few of those goals that they had back in that wild 4-4 draw. Um, so Having like a one v one there, I think, is uh, smart. So we'll we'll see what happens and what they roll out with. Mm -hmm. um, it's gonna be good stuff. It's all I I I always like when Chicago goes up against the Thorns, especially in Providence Park. I think that's a a game to to wake up for and be hyped about. So uh, I'm looking forward to checking it out, seeing how the Red Stars how the Red Stars respond to you know coming out of a week where they where they're coming off of a loss. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Claire, where can uh, all the people find you and your good work? Yes, you can find me on the Equalizer, where I will unfortunately be writing about World Cup things this week. Um, <laughs> I've put it off long enough. I'll do a piece about the, the big old tournament. Um, and you can also, I do my recaps at Hot Time in Old Town. And you can find all of that on Twitter uh at scout ripley which is the name of my musical project support scott ripley they are your chicago local band they make good music 
If you want to follow me and my shenanigans, you can do that at Sandrera underscore. That's H-E-R-R-E-R-A underscore. If you want to find any of my work, you can find it at Hot Time in Old Town. You can find it at secondcitysoccer.com. But mostly, I save all my best content here for this podcast on hey, South hey, hey. Podcast. The podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. And you can continue your support of Southside Trap Pod by following us on all social media channels. You can do that on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And you can go ahead and find us and listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. So go ahead and subscribe, give us a like, leave us a review. We appreciate that kind of stuff. And stick around for the remainder of this outro so you can listen to some post-game audio that we got for you guys from Head Coach Rory Dames and others versus Washington Spirit. Have a good weekend, guys. First half, we were okay. I thought we were unlucky to be down. Uh, well, not unlucky. Can't concede on a corner, but I didn't think they really did a lot that caused us a lot of problems in the first half. And we got into to three or four really good spaces and just didn't take our chances. Um, and then in the second half, um, I don't think we did a very good job of making the adjustments that we talked about. And they were able to get into a bigger shape and open us up a bit, and then we got caught chasing the ball. You know, and credit to them, they did a pretty good job in the second half of spraying it around. As we started sending more players forwards, they started catching us on off-player rushes and creating some chances. Um, second goal, I mean, we turned the ball over in the middle of the field. They transitioned on us. We kind of win it. We give it away. Uh, I don't know who scored the second goal for them. Hatch, maybe. Yeah. Good. Got across the front of Katie. So. Defensively for us, we can't let them get across the front of us, but good play by her, good service in. You know, and then at that point, you're, you're scrambling. We created some chances late, but you're throwing a lot of people forwards and putting balls into the box at that point. So I think uh, if we had to do it over again, we probably would have switched the way we started a little bit. We were a player short in the midfield from actually really being able to get a hold of the ball and do some of the things that we wanted to do. Um, so that's on myself and the staff. But we live and we learn and move on to next week. Can you talk about that decision to use Brooke in the middle off the start? Yeah, well, we weren't sure about what Danny's status was going to be until we got here, basically. So um, I won't go into what we could have done differently, but what we tried to do was have as few changes as possible mm-hmm. based off what yeah. we've been doing because we've been in a pretty good rhythm. So if you, uh, you know, if we push Vanessa into the 8 and Yuki into the 10, then we're moving four spots with Kjo coming out as well, and the front group had been pretty dangerous. So we just tried to we tried to do as little as possible of disrupting what we've been doing. Um, but we struggled to get the front the front three and V the ball, especially in the second half, in any good spaces. And we just couldn't we didn't really make any penetrating passes. Everything we did went sideways and backwards, and allowed them to get up on us. And then we would hit bigger balls and turn it into contests, and we didn't want a lot of those contests to. What can you tell us about Danny's injury? Uh, I would say that I expect her to, to be back and able to go next week. So it was probably more precautionary than anything. Um, 
you know, you spur of the moment, you want to win the game and you have the adrenaline going, but game seven of 24. So we'll, uh, when we, after we get through Portland, we get three weeks. So it just made sense to shut her. And if, it, if it doesn't improve through the week, we'll shut her next week too. I mean, we don't want to draw points, obviously, but she's a big piece of what we do. And if she needs five weeks, then we'll give her five weeks. If she needs two weeks, we'll give her two weeks. How did, how did Katie Johnson do in your opinion tonight? Um, well, I think that for for Katie, it's a it's a tough spot to step into because of who you're stepping in there for. I think the biggest thing Katie will take out of the game tonight is is that Katie Johnson just needs to go out and be Katie Johnson, and being Katie Johnson is good enough. And I think uh, her movement struggled a little bit in the beginning. She would come low, we would play beyond. She would go beyond, we would play low. We finally broke the line and got her in, and her shot went off to the side. And I think she maybe got into her own head a little bit at that point. So, but Katie Johnson's got some pretty good qualities. And as I said to her after the game, you know, take a week, get a good week of training, and next week, Katie Johnson's good enough. Just be Katie Johnson. So, I didn't think she did poor, but I think she has more to offer than what she showed. I think she's always going to be unfairly critiqued against the other person that plays as a nine for us. Um, but we tried Michelle as the nine two for a bit. We tried Yuki as a nine for a little. We just couldn't find a good rhythm to be able to get a hold of the ball and unlock anything. And like I said, especially in the second half when we turned it over, we had to work really hard to get it back because they made us chase and we couldn't keep it on the side. And um, I think some of the players that we have that have been physically struggling with injuries and that fatigue set in around the 65-70 minute mark and then once I got the second goal, it becomes really hard with where we're currently at physically and what we have to get back into it. So, but I thought the group, we went into a 3-5-2. Zoe and Jenna came on. Jenna got a great chance at the end. Case had a great chance at the end. I'm proud of the group for continuing to play all the way through the game. Um, if the game went five more minutes, I don't think the players that started had a lot more to give. So I feel like the team emptied the tank. But we just did a lot of, a lot of pointless running tonight and not a lot of playing tonight. And we got to be able to play. Are you more willing to maybe tinker? I know you're saying you didn't want to make too many changes, but after this, do you think you have to now? I would say there's a bigger argument to take than those <laughs> coming into today. So Portland's a different team, so we'll play a different way. Playing at Portland's a different scenario. So we'll, uh, we'll see what our health chart is as we get towards the end of the week and how we want to go about going against them, and then we'll figure it out then. Steve Bernardo celebrated 100 caps. What is kind of the current team? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying for years that she's the – She's the most important piece of what we do. And I think that that was the hardest decision because if we drop her to the eight in the game today, she gets on the ball a ton. We're able to break lines. If I had to do over again, maybe. Um, but it's so hard to pull her out of the 10. Now we have her back in there because she triggers the attack. She can make less pass. She reverses the ball. She sets the pressure for us. So, you know, last year when she came back late, and Yuki and had to kind of settle into it, it didn't make sense to switch it that late in the go. And we were trying to manage her minutes. Um, so I feel bad because she deserves better out of a, a night like tonight. She deserves better than what we were able to give her. Um, but I think I think Vanessa's the most underrated player in the league. I'm dumbfounded how she doesn't have a cap. And I'm more dumbfounded when you look at some of the players that have gotten caps over the last two years, how she hasn't been one of them. Um, but that's why I coach here and not there. So, you know, we're happy to have her. So what did you think? Um, try, I mean, first of all, I guess, how are you trying to replace Sam? Is something you think about, or are you just trying to do your own thing up top? Um, I'll be honest. I think it, this game, I think I was overthinking it a little bit. I have to just go back to playing like myself and being confident in that. So I think I can do better in that aspect and know that I'm good and not just the replacement of Sam. So, yeah, I'm trying to get that out of my head now because I felt that pressure today. 
So yeah. How do you feel uh, playing on the top of the board and online role today versus how you were playing the first six weeks of the season? Uh, it felt a little different. Uh, I think I could do a little better posting up and being a little more dynamic for the team. So what do you want to maybe take out of this loss into next week? Um, maybe just be a little bit more patient, control the tempo, be smarter as a whole team, but play collectively. I think that would be a little bit more helpful for the next game. Uh, tonight the team was on a good Friday night. Yeah. Um, exactly. So what do you think the game is important? Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone has the right to do whatever they want, and all of their teammates are like lesbian or straight or whatever you want to do. So I think that's awesome. It's good to celebrate it. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Yeah.